Well, hello everyone and welcome. You are listening to The Parenting Collective, formerly known as The Baby Sleep Sessions. I'm your host, Donna Mawala, the founder of Bob to Sleep. I'm a certified paediatric sleep specialist working with expectant parents, newborns, infants, toddlers and children up to seven years of age here in Perth, Australia-wide and all around the world. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's podcast. On this week's potty, I'm talking to Demi. She is a paediatric physio known as the baby physio. She is a mama to 12-month-old Harry as well, so she's living and breathing all of these stages of uh, developmental stages of gross motor skills. So today we talk about all the different stages that happen when they happen, sort of the the range of age of when it might possibly happen, what to do to help them through those stages with lots and lots of practice. Also talking about those different developmental stages that impact sleep. So once they're mastering a new skill, they like to practice it at night and stay up all night (laughs) practicing it. So Demi has a fantastic Instagram page. Like I said, Demi underscore the baby physio, lots of tips and tricks to get through those stages, lots of practice um, as baby develops these amazing gross motor skills. So hope you enjoy. Speak to you next week. Hello, Demi. Welcome to this week's podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Donna. So, so thankful. So Demi, you are uh, your company or your business is the baby physio. You are a pediatric physiotherapist. So what do you do for babies? What can you do for babies in regards to physio? What is physio for babies? That's a great question. So physio for babies can range from a few things. So firstly, starting from the newborn phase, we look at a lot of um, issues that happen during birth or during pregnancy. So for example, if there was some restriction in the uterus and they have tightness, so whether that's in their neck or their hips or their feet, uh, we do you know full full assessments on newborns um, that may have some issues post birth. Yep. So something like torticollis, um, looking at head shapes and you know flatness in their head, which also can relate to the neck. Mm-hmm. Um, also looking at overall neurodevelopment in babies and older kids, even up to eighteen years old. Oh. Um, we also work with babies and children with disabilities and special needs. So whether that's cerebral palsy genetic conditions and just helping them achieve goals um, such as walking, crawling or riding a bike um, and using assistive technology like wheelchairs, uh, walking frames and things like that to help them achieve their goals, Mm. whatever that may be. And then um, there's quite a a wide scope. Of course, of course, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and we also look at... um, you know, injuries in older kids. So whether that's sporting injuries, knee pain and, and foot pain. So that's just a quick summary of what a Very, physio- very quick summary. Very quick summary. I was saying to you before we started, my hubby's a physio. So, you know, I feel like I'm a pseudo physio, but I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> and, I, and I was saying how important physios are, you know, like I, a lot of people, like we were just joking about that people go, oh, yeah, just massage people. And he just gets furious <laughs> because um, it's a really important um profession to keep people going and also not just for babies and all of that stuff but you know for children with disabilities to get them to walk or things that they might not be able to do without um, physios helping them so today what I want to really talk about is um, babies babies in their sleep developmentally what can happen through progressions I don't like calling them regressions I feel like they're progressions and really amazing awesome ones um, how they affect sleep 
and maybe we can get some tips around that. Also to introduce you to my audience because your page is fantastic and has lots of awesome um, tips around practising all of these new skills, the baby physio, Demi the baby physio. I'll tag you in um, the notes. So we'll just go through what I think are the main things that I deal with with my clients as at, when I was a mum growing with them when they were little and, uh, again, what you could give advice around with that. So like getting back to birth. So, you know, can they get, well, obviously I've heard big things like they can get the shoulders stuck and pretty severe, bigger things, bigger issues, but uh, things like tightening of the neck, all of those sort of smaller issues, are they something that's quite common? Yeah, really common. So something like what you've described there, torticollis, so that's a tightening of the neck muscle. Yep. Now that can occur in a few ways, but a couple of examples are if mum during pregnancy has low fluid levels, okay. um, what can happen is that there's a restriction in, in the uterus. So what happens right. is when the baby's growing in that nine months, um, they have less space to grow, mm -hmm. so things essentially tighten up. Now they're already quite curled in utero, yeah. so that, you know, they're bunched up as we all see on our ultrasounds. Um and coupled with lower fluid levels, what happens is the baby has less movement. So what can happen is essentially it's like if you were to stay in one spot for too long, you feel tight. Mm. Um, as the baby's growing, they don't have that space to grow. So the muscles potentially in the neck, as an example, don't stretch out to their full extent and they end up having a tightness on one side which can then result in a preference to turn their head one way. Yep. Now you'll see a lot of the time that Preference is normal in normally developing babies. So, you know, you might look back at your newborn photos and see that every photo they're turning to the right, for example. Yep. Um, that's normal. Where it's not as normal is where they can't physically turn to the opposite oh, side and right. that's where we expect that tightness in the muscle. Mm -hmm. uh, and what can occur as, as a result of that is flattening on that side of the head because mm -hmm. the head is so malleable, so yep. squishy to allow for that brain to grow and also mm -hmm. squeeze through the birth canal. Mm -hmm. And um, as a result of that, you get that flattening on that on that head. On that head, yep. And so our middle child had that slightly um and yeah what advice we were giving which again uh, we great if you could sort of confirm is uh, of, of course if it's really tight seeing a pediatric physio um but in regards to changing sides with breastfeed like what sort of things can they do to if it's not like that bad that they have to come and see a physio but there is slight flatness or slight tightness what could they do on a daily um to help that baby sort of stretch out that tight side yeah, that's a good question. So there are a lot of things we can do throughout the day. Um, so firstly, you know, a newborn will turn to a, a diffuse source of light. So if sure. you have like a bright window or something yeah. like that. So just altering the position they're in yeah. um, facing. So for mm -hmm. example, if in their in their room or in your room, if they've got if you've got them in their bassinet in your room, say there's a window on their left side. Simple things like when you put them down in their bassinet, change which way you put them in so that okay. when they wake up when they're going to sleep and they're facing towards that window or the door mm. or you in bed, mm -hmm. change it so that sometimes that's to their left and sometimes okay. to their right. Yep. Uh, that's one tip. The other one is also during their playtime. So if mm -hmm. you're holding them, um, you know, talk to them on, on their left, talk to them on their right, so okay. altering the way you're looking at them. Yep. And um, the other thing is also when you're, like exactly what you've mentioned, if you're breastfeeding, you know, you're probably going to be doing both sides. But yeah. same with bottle feeding. Bottle As adults, we all have our preferences. So mm -hmm. just making sure that doesn't impact them in a way. So if you're always bottle feeding, you know, in your left arm, 
see if you can also do it in your sure. right arm. They yep. can actually turn their head a little bit to that side. Yep. That's great. Um, if you have noticed a, a little flat spot, which happens really quickly, it can happen in a matter within a matter of a few days, which actually happened to me because, you know, in the depths of sleep deprivation, learning how to breastfeed, the last thing oh. you're thinking about is spray their head is to I know, 100%. <laughs> um, so, you know, little things like when they do fall asleep and they start getting in that deep sleep, you can confirm when that is. I don't know, I think it's like yeah. 10 minutes. After <laughs> 10 minutes, new, different from newborns. <laughs> yeah, you can gently turn their head to the opposite side. So those yep. pressures are going to the opposite side of their head. Okay. Yep. I know it's scary. It feels like you're going to set off a bomb because you've yeah. just gotten them to sleep. Um, but that those few minutes or 10, 20 minutes on the opposite side can really offload that. Yeah, yeah. Well. I do also remember, I mean, hers wasn't that severe, but like concentrating on that, but also concentrating on help, like when I'm with her, helping her with sleep to have her head on the different sides every sleep, you yes. know. But you're right, like new, newborn sleep is, yeah, there's, their sleep cycles are very short, but, yeah, anything over yep. 10 minutes would be fine. They be, should be in a deeper sleep. But, yeah, it's like you said, it's like yeah. setting off a bomb, isn't it? So um, <laughs> when would you feel like um, they need to get your support in regards to the tightness and the flat head? Like at what level would you think, oh, they need to probably get a bit of physio? Yeah, so I think when you sort of check in is if you feel that you try and turn the head to the opposite side and it's physically not going, okay. yep. that's telling that it's too tight and okay. you need specific individualised assessment to see which muscles are tight, mm -hmm. you know, how far they can go and yep. what specific treatment you need yep. to address that tightness. Okay. Um, yeah, that's a good idea. And then you see that there's no improvement. So if you yep. find that you're doing those little things throughout the day, you're changing the environment and they're still really strongly preferring that side and you cannot get to the other side and that flat spot isn't getting better, Mm -hmm. And that's a really good reason to check in as well. Yeah, okay, that's a really good idea. Yep. And, again, you've got to go with your parental instinct. This is what happens these days, I think. It sort of goes out yeah. the window a bit sometimes, yeah. Um, so that's great. So flat spot. So when we're talking about newborns too, obviously they have no head control. <laughs> so that's sort of obviously you've got to hold their head and stuff like that. Um, what time, When would you start sort of implementing tummy time? At what age would you think it's a good idea to start doing a little bit of tummy time? Yeah, so with tummy time, um, I feel like it's become a, a scary term. Like, oh yeah. My God, you know, you want their tummy. And, you know, most of the time when they're born, the first thing you're doing is you're putting them on your chest. Yeah. Um, and you're lying on their tummy. So that's, yeah. you're already yeah. starting tummy time at a few hours. Yeah. So the answer to that question, the short answer is straight away. Sure. Um, and that sounds scary, but it doesn't mean you're just plonking them on the floor gotcha. and walking away and they're doing yeah, yeah, tummy yeah. time. No way. First, you know, few months of their life, you're their toy, you're their motivation. Mm -hmm. So all you need to do is a few minutes a day, yep. you know, a few minutes here and there on your chest facing yep. you, talking to them. And their head will lie there. That's okay. They're comfortable. Mm -hmm. They can smell you. They can hear you. Yep. Uh, they can possibly see you as well. Mm -hmm. um, so starting off in that position and then when you, um, you know, in the next few days when you're starting to feel a little bit more settled, those hormones are possibly settling down <laughs> after a nappy change just flip them on their tummy yep. and um just because they're on their change mat they're facing you and you're yep. already kind of standing and you're comfortable mm -hmm. especially post birth yeah you know you can face them come really close to them a couple of centimeters away and you know some gentle singing or talking to them yep. um, just to kind of get them comfortable and they're just getting used to being on their tummy because yep. for the nine months they've been curled up in a ball yeah. in the opposite mm -hmm. way it's just a nice way to kind of stretch, yeah, stretch them out, out. yeah and like yeah. you said too it, everyone's so fearful of everything it's like again talking about the regressions I mean 
their progressions, but now they're this, you know, people are having re- these really um, settled babies that are sleeping well. And I, I offer 15 minute consults every day, a few of them a day. And a lot of them, the babies are doing amazing and they're three months and they're already wor- worried about the four month regression progression. I'm like, oh my gosh, just, you know, and, but all gentle stuff is a really great idea. Like you said, even just lying on the couch with them on your chest is tummy time, isn't it? So, Great. So gentle implementation over the first few months is is great, not to worry about it too much. So in regards to tummy time, again, we're talking about a broad range here because it's not like there's a certain date and all of a sudden they start rolling. That's the other thing. I think people think they get this milestone of age and they should have done something and it's just not the way that we're made, our babies are made. So without being too scary and and, and stuck in a time um, frame, when would you expect a baby to start possibly rolling? Uh, I know they can start really early, but like really starting to roll in the what range would you be looking that that might start happening? Yeah, so you're correct in mentioning the range because there is, there is a range in every developmental milestone. Uh, so rolling from tummy to back generally comes first, but yep. in saying yep. that, the first few times, uh, because their head is so heavy in relation to their body, You'll most of the time they'll roll off their tummy and it's it's a mistake. So yes. because of the weight of their head and gravity, yep. they sort of start leaning to one side and they just end up on their back mm-hmm. like whoa, where am yeah. I? And shot. So that's yeah, correct. And that's rolling, but you know you might see that for a few days and yep. then that might stop. So you might mm-hmm. see that say at two months and go whoa, this is really yeah. early. Yep. And then it might stop for a month or so. Um, that's normal. Don't freak out. Yep. It generally occurs sort of between the four to five month period yep. okay. where yep. it actually becomes a skill. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's from tummy to back. Yep. And then from back to tummy generally occurs a little bit later. So from around five to eight months yep. of age. Great. And we do see a, a gray area. So some babies might do back to tummy first. Yep. So it's, you know, 100%. don't freak out as well. Things yeah. happen in a, in a different way. They do. So I'm very much about ranges, but I also like say there's 10 percenters. So like with sleep, there are 10 percenters that are nowhere in any range of any guide you could look at or science-based stuff. And there's nothing wrong with them, you know. So it's all just like a range, you know. So I think that's fantastic and fits where I would think too. So then we go back to the tummy time and this rolling completely derails sleep. (laughs) And we can be when I work with families around the four or five months age, which is quite common because it's the progression age, and they start to sleep a bit better, they start flipping, right? And so they're like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? What do I do? So I've spoken, I very much speak to SIDS a lot around all of this because they, they say sleep on their back until they're 12 months of age, but they do start rolling around this age, you know? So um, what would you, how often would you practice, like what should you do to sort of, get through that progression as quick as you can do you practice in the cot would you practice with your sleep suit on would you you know uh, how often a day would you do it you know like every time they wake like what what sort of yeah what would you recommend so, yeah so I think um practice during playtime is the best time to do okay. it yeah I think um when they become a bit more you know confident with the skill then they're more likely to do it in a situation where they're sort of half asleep or moving sure. between yep. sleep cycles yep. as well um so things like you know obviously with um SIDS and sleep safety yes. then as you mentioned we pop them on their back to sleep so the biggest I guess um I think rolling from back to tummy is going to be crucial as well because yes. you know if you're trying to go and 
change positions and sleep on their tummy, then they should be able to get there themselves. That's and right. then when they're there, um, if they're stuck, they might get frustrated and, and wake up. So that's what they do. Um, yeah. So frequent um, frequent tummy time throughout the day. So sure. we should sort of mentioned before starting gentle. Yes. It's the same analogy I use is like, you know, a lot of people say, oh, they'll work it out themselves, you know, they'll get yeah. to it. But that's like telling an adult, you know, you'll, you'll run 10 kilometres tomorrow, yeah. that's okay. Yeah. Um, and it's not because you, you need to learn to run two kilometres, then five, mm-hmm. then ten, and get better at that. And it's the exact same thing with tummy time. As they get better at it, as they build their endurance and their strength, and you're doing it more often, they feel more confident because they're stronger and it's a mm-hmm. positive uh, loop. Absolutely. Yep. So, um, you know, just, you you know, say they're awake for an hour when they're early on, you know, doing five, ten minutes, mm-hmm. giving them a little break yep. uh, and popping them back down again for another five, ten minutes yep. in each of their awake periods. Okay. Yep. So. Practicing during their awake time, if you feel like it's still, you know, if they're still struggling and it's affecting their sleep, then like you said, you might practice it with a bit of weight or their yeah. sleeping bag during this yeah. awake time and pop something on their legs and get yeah. them to practice with practice, that on. Practice, 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 yeah. And that's what I say with everything, particularly that I'm, you know, very passionate about sleep. It takes time yeah. and sleep is a biological <laughs> skill that they can absolutely master, And but it takes time with lots of love and support, you know, but these developmental yeah. stages are um, uh, big. So in regards to tummy time do you have did you have you done any uh recordings or anything on instagram about how to practice tummy tummy time or like sorry rolling or not really rolling yeah so i've got a few videos on instagram Um, one is a reel and one is uh, a bit earlier on when i first started the page it's an actual video before i discovered reels yes Um, and it goes through yeah how to actually physically assist them great you can start doing that when you um you know, say you're putting them on their tummy and you're rolling them to pick them up to give them a feed. Yeah. Instead of just picking them up and putting and cuddling them, actually roll them off so yeah. they get used to the feeling of, of you the know, rolling. rolling yeah. tummy and you're sort of initiating and planting the seed of how to do that, okay. even in the early stages. Awesome, awesome. So people can check you out on Instagram for the rolling uh, reels, rolling video. So that's amazing. And so tummy time and reflux, um, tell me a little bit about that. Yep. So uh, with reflux, uh, babies who have significant reflux, um, when they feel better when their body is more upright, so when yep. their sort of chest is higher than their yes. tummy. Yep. And so the way we can take advantage of that is putting them on an incline. So you might, you know, prop up a few pillows yep. so they're angling up, so their head is above sort of their hip area or their okay. tummy. Yep. Um, so the other thing flat. is... Yeah, correct, instead of being flat. And then mm-hmm. uh, it's important to give them a bit of time after a feed. So yes. in the early newborn stages when they're not awake for long, you know, that at least 10 minutes after a feed, give them time to digest their, their milk yep. and then dry tummy time in that incline. As they get a bit older and their awake windows increase, then you might give them, you know, 30 to 40 minutes after sure. they've had a meal. Sure. So yeah, gotcha. Yep. Which, again, when you've got a refluxy baby, parents sort of understand that anyway in regards to having to be up and... All of that. It's just I think what what I find when I work with them, they get concerned about tummy time and not doing it enough. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Bit of an incline, so a really good idea. Um, so the other big things, um, and really probably you can't explain it on a podcast, but the other, mm-hmm. and, and I'll just say sleep-wise, um, that affects sleep. Uh, any new skill they like to practice at night too. So they might wake in the middle of the night and go, oh, I can sit and I can't get back down. <laughs> oh, I can stand and I can't get back down. So, um, again, it would be practice, wouldn't it, like being there for them um, and just lots of practice until they can learn how to do it. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think standing, um, with standing, when they start pulling to stand, they will be stuck up there for a while. Uh, And so during the day, practicing things like squatting, you know, putting things on the floor so they can start trying to lower. Yep. And mm-hmm. the same kind of concept as if they're standing in the in the cot instead of yeah. screaming out for you to come yeah. and help them. Yeah. They might start experimenting, bending their little legs yeah. to try and come back down. Yeah, yeah, same thing. Practice, practice in the cot. Um, so the other really interesting thing that I loved on your page um, was stages of play. So different ages of what, because again, as parents, we're like, we have to do this, we have to do that, we have to do this, and really we don't have to. Um, so if you quickly just run through the, the different ages of, of um, yeah, specific stages of play. Again, people can check this out on your website, uh, on your Instagram. I'd love for you to run through that if that's okay. Yeah, sure. So it was just a, um, a post to highlight because I hear a lot, oh, you know, this child doesn't play with this yeah. child. And it's just um, it's just a summary on the cognitive development of a, of yeah. a baby or a mm. child that they don't actually have the cognitive ability to know how to play with another child. So in the first sort of three months, they'll move their arms and leg, they'll yep. start exploring how they move their body. Then sort of from between zero and two years old, they still will be playing alone. So yep. what they'll do is they're not interested in playing with someone, they're not interested in building a, a Lego tower together. Yeah. You might see it in a way that, you know, for example, Harry and I, like he'll build a tower, I'll put it something on top, but we're doing our own thing, yes. we're doing it in our own way, we're not actually yeah. working Mm-hmm. Um, and then sort of two years onwards is a, a spectator play. So they start um, watching other children playing and sort of exploring and seeing, you know, what they can do, what, you know, yeah. what they can do, what their friends can do. Uh-huh. And then after two years, you get what's called parallel play. So exactly what that means is they're playing next to each other. So mm. they're not actually playing with each other. This person might be building a tower. This one might be putting things in a truck. So they're right. kind of next to each other. They look like they're playing mm. together. But they're mm-hmm. not actually interesting even the same task Mm. and that sort of then flows on to then more complex more complex yeah and that was when I saw that I thought gosh that's quite old like you know Mm. before two they were in you know they'd be playing but now that now when I read that I'm like oh my gosh as much as we were having catch-ups as mums you have to play with each other (laughs) they they are independently (laughs) playing but in the same space Correct. Yeah. yeah. And that's why, to be honest, when I was looking it up again and kind of obviously I've learned all this and I mm, just of course. It again, I was like, yeah, I mean, when I play with Harry, I feel like we're playing together, but he's not actually at the level of, oh, let's do this together. No, you get this no. part of the, the tower yeah. and I'll get this part of the so tower. So Tuck these things together yeah. and we'll work so it interesting. out. So it's just a friendly reminder to yes. put less pressure on ourselves. Oh, absolutely. Okay? And that's what I'm all about less pressure. Get sleep, but less pressure. So um, they're, they're all the main things, which is awesome. And we again, before we just got on the podcast, not that I knew about this too much, but you are releasing today a newborn ebook, which is called Nurture Your Newborn. It's being released today, which is amazing. And we tried to do this potty quite a few times, but it was sickness, COVID, my dog, like all these <laughs> random things that we couldn't do the potty. So today's the day. So yeah, yeah. So, so how exciting. So explain what's what what's being released today. Thank you. Yeah, super exciting. So it's my first ever ebook. I've been working, you know, quite hard to get this uh, going. Um, so it's a book about basically uh, helping uh, parents with a, a newborn. So it's in yep. between zero and four months. Awesome. Yeah. To nurture their development and help them along with things. So a lot of things we've touched on today tips on tummy time, variations in tummy time, how to ensure healthy hip development. So in those first six months of life, 
you know, hip health is really, really important as, yep. they, as we're growing and developing. Mm-hmm. Um, baby massage as yep. well, so some massage Beautiful, techniques. yes. And the general development and how you can so play time with the newborn and how awesome. that's going to nurture and, and set them up for their, yeah, for their baby years. How exciting. So yeah. meant to be. And, again, you know, what? we don't have to be over-educated. This is the thing. There's too much information and all parents are so overwhelmed. But, again, it's really good to get the knowledge. I think it's really interesting, you know, being in this field and being a mum for so many years, I just, all of this is really important. Like one of our daughters had hip issues. She was Frank Breach, so her feet were up near her ears. But, you know, she didn't have to wear a brace. But I've been through a lot in my life and have a physio husband. I just find it. It's good to have the knowledge, not to worry about it, not to fear. But that sounds like a beautiful book for new parents to implement Mm. some things gently. Thank you. Yeah, and it's just like you said, it's at the tip of your fingers. If you're feeding, you've got, you know, you've just got your phone, you pop it up and go, oh, okay, how should I do time to time? And I just want, like I said, there's so much information out there. I just wanted to sort of one-stop shop everything in one for those first few months to refer to and kind of feel confident with trying new things and new positions and not being scared to hold them in a different way, yes. which will, yes. you know, help build the blocks for them as yeah. toddlers and even later on in life. 100%. Yeah. And I was always like a sort of as a mum and, and when I see babies now I'm quite, uh, um, what's the word, not tired, I don't annoy them, but you can see mums don't know what to do. They're like, oh, am I going to break the baby? A little tiny little pats. And I'm like, you can pat them a bit harder. So it's good to know, <laughs> you know, get that burp out. Um, but, um, yeah, so that's exciting. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming on today. I think it's been um, really awesome to to explain um, physio with babies and children. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. No worries. Good luck with your newborn ebook. We'll celebrate that too. Thank you so much, Donna. Have a good Thank day. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave me a rating and review on Apple Podcast. I love reading all of your messages, so shoot me a DM over on Instagram. I am at bub2sleep, B-U-B, number two, sleep. I also offer a free 15-minute phone chat. If you'd like to book one, head over to my website, www.bub2sleep.com.au and request one there. So try to remember to be kind to yourself and always know you're doing the best you can every day, no matter what your days looking like. Until next time, much love.